0: Welcome to the Junior Jobs Podcast, where we interview recently hired junior developers to give you actionable job search advice relevant to today's job market. Today's interview is with Jacob Pixler, a liberal arts community college grad who worked as an audio engineer before getting his first job as a computer programmer. So if you're a career transitioner, this episode is for you. And today's sponsor shout out is to Brian Jenny. Brian is an engineering manager, mentor, and full-stack developer who got a little tired of the watch and type tutorials, so he put together something called Not Another Course, which is a collection of material for JavaScript developers who want to build interesting projects and level up their career. Link will be in the show notes, and if you use the code HAPPYERIC, one word, at checkout, you'll get 10% off. All right, Jacob, well, welcome to the show. Glad you could join us.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Yes, glad we can finally connect. I know we've gone back and forth for a few weeks or months now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I could finally make it on.
0: Yes. Well, before we dive into it, for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Of course, yes. Yeah. So, I'm Jacob. I'm currently a web developer here in Idaho. And I about nine months ago, that wasn't even nearly the case. So, before I started my journey into learning web development i was an audio engineer that's what i went to school for i wound up getting my associate's degree in liberal arts and i really tried audio engineering for a few years in nashville ultimately it was me trying to turn a passion into a career and i was kind of burning myself out so i needed something that i knew that i liked i I like coding you know but i can't really ruin it for myself that I know of yet. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so yeah, I took a boot camp starting last July, did it for six months, and uh, did my job search for a couple months, and here I am.
0: <laughs> very nice, very nice. So let's talk about yeah. that job search specifically. So, what strategies worked for you to actually get you that job?
1: Good question. It was a it was a roller coaster of different tactics and advice that I had received from other people online, mostly LinkedIn. I pretty much spent 99% of my time on LinkedIn, but what ultimately worked was when I stopped cold applying and I think even the guy on your last episode mentioned, start making it as personal as you possibly can. And when I say that, I mean, would look into a company's employees on LinkedIn and you can see who's a software engineer, who's a recruiter and I would reach out to a few different software engineers at these companies, I would reach out to recruiters. That's when I actually started receiving responses back and it didn't always lead to an interview or really much of anything other than just a nice conversation and getting to know someone. Yeah, so what really worked was getting super personal with it, finding employees, especially recruiters and other engineers at companies, reaching out and saying, would you mind telling me about how you got a job with this company if you're an engineer or if you're a recruiter? I'm an engineer looking for work and I'd I'd love your help if you'd be open to having a conversation. Absolutely. So let's talk
0: about the specific connection that resulted in your current job. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that outreach looked like or how all of the dots aligned... To land you in your current role? Yes.
1: Yes. So there was a, it's a small company out here in Idaho. And I looked at their employees. I reached out to their only other software developer. And I said, Hey man, uh, you know, I would love to have a chat and get to know about how you landed uh, this role. And... He ghosted me. <laughs> yeah, he actually <laughs> never got back to me. I also reached out to the recruiter there because they did have a web developer posting up. And I reached out to her. Like what I said earlier, I said, you know, I applied to this position. I'd love to know if there's anything I could do to stand out to you guys or any any way we could chat. And she ultimately got back to me and wanted to schedule an interview. So that was the connection, reaching out nice. that. Recruiter at that company. Very nice.
0: So, and how did you find that company then? Was there a specific job board or a newsletter or some type of service that surfaced that opportunity to you?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it was LinkedIn. I started narrowing my search results as, as much as I could. It used to be worldwide, remote, whatever developer job is out there. It got really narrow. I narrowed it down to 50 miles within my radius entry-level, front-end jobs. I just tried to be as specific as I could and as close to home as I could. That wound up giving me more small companies that weren't showing up in my searches before and they were close to home. And I think that that, that could be a, a good way to go about it. I don't know. It worked for me. <laughs>
0: are you remote yeah. for your current job or are you in the office for what you do?
1: I'm currently in the office. There's Like I said, there's one other software engineer and I think they have, they have all of their employees in office. I think a big reason for them having us in office is because there's no senior dev, there's no software engineering manager. I just don't think they really know how to manage software engineers super well. So I think it just makes them feel more comfortable having us there with them. Sure. Kind of the the blind leading
0: the blind there for a while, just a bunch of juniors and mid-level helping each other out.
1: Yeah, they're great leaders. They just don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I think it's important when you're trying to get that first role, right, is is differentiating in any way that you can. And with senior developers being more open to remote roles and not wanting to work local, that really opens up a whole segment of opportunities to to junior developers if you're willing to be in the office.
1: Right. I was, yeah, I was willing to be in the office. I was willing to, I mean, negotiating on pay, I think is huge too. If you are willing to do certain things like that to get your foot in the door, I think that can be to your advantage.
0: Absolutely. When you say negotiating on pay, can you expand on that a little bit?
1: Yes. My wife is always a huge advocate for not being the first person to say a number where you're getting a job offer or in an interview anyway. But I was willing to break that rule, even though I knew in my head that's probably not the best idea if you're trying to get the most, the higher, highest salary you possibly can from your employer right off the bat. But, you know, I was like, I at least want to make $40,000. You know, I just like, I want to do whatever it takes to get my foot in this door.
0: The hardest thing is that early on in your career, you have debt you're trying to pay off, you're, you're, maybe you maybe have a young family, you're trying to get your life launched. But really, yeah. early on, the most important thing is experience. Because once you have you know a year or two under your belt, Jacob, your next job search is going to be exponentially easier.
1: Yeah, so I've heard. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Well,
0: hopefully you'll have a long and fruitful career where you are now, and hopefully that you, you do enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about the roller coaster of your job search and some things that you tried to do but didn't work as well as you hoped for. Can you talk a little bit yeah. about... What you were trying to do before and why that wasn't panning out for you?
1: Yes. So I went, I started applying a month before I graduated my boot camp. And I just started applying hard and fast to any entry level remote dev job I could find, just cold applying without reaching out to anyone, no software engineers or recruiters or anything. I was just, I was like, surely, you know, if I put in hundreds of applications my odds of getting some kind of callback are high right but that was not the case i so uh, i would say in total i put in 400 applications i want to say cold applying did not work for me
0: yeah and that's because from my experience that's what everybody's doing right you have boot camps colleges upskilling programs pumping out hundreds thousands of developers a minute. it feels like at times. Yeah. And the standard operating procedure for trying to get your job is cold application. So junior level roles are oftentimes flooded with hundreds if not thousands of applicants. Yeah,
1: I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> it was always discouraging too whenever you you can see this job posting has, you know, 600 job applicants and it's like Gosh, I'm going to apply anyway, but it <laughs> sucks. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So doing what you did, and that is finding a way that you can stand out, right? So you talked about the personal yes. connection, reaching out on LinkedIn to the other engineers, to the recruiter. Uh, you talked about being willing to do something that most other developers were were not, that is working local. Those mm-hmm. are two great yeah. strategies to kind of narrow down your pool of competitors, right? For that first job.
1: For sure. And, you know, who knows if I would have held out on the cold apply method for maybe, uh, I don't know, it could have taken another year, but maybe I would have wound up with a remote job, Mm No, but I wanted to get my foot in the door as soon as possible. So I wanted to stand out somehow.
0: Sure. What I oftentimes tell people is that oftentimes it's more about optimizing your second job than it is your first job. If you have a dream job, plan for that to be your second job right out of your boot camp. Your first job yep. is really just gonna be about getting experience and getting your foot in the door.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think that when people can, when, when other companies can see that someone else was willing to hire you as a developer, I think that automatically puts you on next level, mm-hmm. I, I guess, for a lack of better words. Yeah.
0: That's been my experience as well. And now that you're employed, is there anything that you wish you had studied or practiced more of? So that you were more prepared for your job now?
1: Yes. When, I, when you're constantly learning, it can feel like you don't know anything because you're just learning all the time. So at the moment, I do really wish I had better back-end knowledge. And that's something I'm working toward. But to answer the question, I wish I would have studied a little more Node, a little more you know, Node with Express, maybe just some general back-end knowledge. Mm-hmm. I have it now but I just wish I would have done that during my job search.
0: Sure, and it's hard to really know when you're in the job search because you're not entirely sure what your responsibilities will be for a, a potential opportunity, right?
1: Yeah, it's hard to say. I guess that was that's more just for me personally because I'm interested. So really not necessary, but
0: yeah. I think the principle there still stays that, that at no point, even during your job search, should you give up on building your craft. And really, Jacob, this yeah. is going to be the next, 10, 20, 30, whatever. This is the rest of your career, right? Getting comfortable, learning new things, being excited about learning new things, not judging others who don't know things and just paying it forward where you can.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's why I really appreciate this podcast because it can be easily discouraging during the, I mean, especially during the job search. While you're learning, it can be super fun. And, you know, it's like, an awesome challenge, but the job search is a whole different game. So it could be really discouraging, but if you keep at it and you keep refining your job search it's and, and continue to hone your craft, it's going to happen for you.
0: Well, I like your example of learning from your job search, learning what's not working and then changing your strategy and doing something different. It's similar to coding, right? It's just general problem solving. Coding, you you bump up against a problem. Do you just try to do the same thing over and over again? Refresh the page, try again, refresh the page. No, no, you have to do something different, right? You have to go seek help. And that was the same pattern that you did. Don't keep pushing out resumes, cold applying, getting no responses, because more likely than not, you're going to keep not getting responses, right? So you have to go back to the drawing board and try something different
1: and i couldn't have refined my tactics without networking i know that's kind of vague networking but what i mean by that is i would literally just comment on people's posts about job searches and give my thought on something it could just be any random old thought and inevitably it would start a conversation and i would learn stuff from people on linkedin i would dm people and ask what well, advice do you have to offer a junior dev trying to break into the industry and that really helped me refine my search i couldn't have done that on my own
0: absolutely thank you for being a good example of networking online i know we've already connected a couple of times already and a big part of why we're even talking here now yeah well yes thank you jacob so much for coming that's all the time we have for today so really appreciate you joining us and thank you to all that are listening we will catch you all next time Thanks for tuning in to the Junior Jobs Podcast. We hope you found today's interview helpful as you navigate your own job search in tech. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to like and subscribe as that helps us reach more developers in need. And don't forget to check the show notes for details on today's sponsor and other job search services that we provide. Thanks for listening and have a great day.